Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Self Plus Plus Incremental Podcast. Improve your mindset to become more independent. In this episode, I'll be talking to the wonderful Stephen Golding from Ignition about mental health and relationships. This podcast is brought to you by Self Plus Plus Coaching and Training Service. Participants build the mindset and skills they need to become independent. Visit our website at selfplus.plus. Thanks for your time, Stephen, for joining me. Mm, thank you. Tell me about what you do. Well, what I do is I'm classified as a mental health peer worker and these days with the new title, Psychosocial Recovery Coach. So I work in the mental health uh, area as an NDIS provider and I partner with people to recover from mental health issues that may have been with them with their whole life or, um, or that may be new and help them in many ways change their environment so that they do slowly recover from any mental health issues. All right, awesome. And so you do a bit of work with your son, Will, as well. Yes, we've started a new area working with high-functional autistic, mostly boys at this stage, but we wouldn't turn back girls, who are gamers. And so we have a a little group called the Canberra Gamers, uh, which meet every fortnight, and using my uh, Switch, Nintendo Switch, they play against each other uh, on a couple of big screens we have in a room. Sounds like fun. Yeah, I think they enjoy it, and it's a time where a lot of those guys, that's where they're at, they're gamers, and they, it's amazing how they change as soon as they get a controller in their hand. Um, there's a lot of smiles and laughter, and, yeah. and they actually, you can see them actually connecting, yeah. and, and that's been the secret sauce, really. Yeah, that's quite important for mm. people like that. Mm. Um, being able to connect with others while having fun. Mm. Yeah, and, and it becomes a bit of a tribe. Mm. So the idea is, as I said earlier, I'm a peer worker, so we want, um, we want these, these guys to connect to each other in a peer-to-peer community group, that the less amount of support workers standing in the room, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the idea in the end, that they run their own... Um, activities mm-hmm. um, but they also interact with each other socially and co- and help each other capacity build awesome and you've had quite a bit of success with that yeah we put out one brochure and all of a sudden we've got uh, five boys possible six oh, wow and that's only beds we've only had two sessions now so it's only been running a month awesome um, so uh, we are looking at expanding if need be Tell me a little bit about how you got started. Talk me through it. Well, I'm, I've had numerous jobs because I'm old. Um, my wife thinks I have ADHD of careers, so I've done lots of things. I started off on the wharves uh, as a private customs agent, international freight forwarder. I then moved through various... That was 20 years, and then I moved through various things like church minister. I was pastoral care minister for a large church in Sydney, I then came, I was, I'm a Sydney boy, then came down to Canberra, uh, joined Marymead for a few years. I then had a slight diversion and went to the Royal Australian Mint and I was the guide there for seven years, just for a rest really. But worked with, with um, school kids and at the same time I was a special needs aide in, to, in schools. But then I joined a, a company called Grand Pacific Health, which is the southern region. They would have been the old Medicare local. So they're like the mental health clinics for southern New South Wales, ranging from Wollongong to um, 
down to Bega, across to Cooma and up to Goulburn and including Queanbeyan. So in there, uh, they had a new position called peer worker and, it, um, and I got the job. As a peer worker, I would work alongside the clinicians, be it psychologists or, or clinical nurses, and I would go out and do what I'm doing now, partner people in recovering, building their, their lives back up again. Flourishing is what I'm always after, that they, they have a flourishing life. So their relationships, they have relationships, they have maybe a job or they're volunteering, so they have meaning and achievement, stuff like that. Hannah each week I used to do a talk about this sort of thing, recovery, flourishing, in the ward up at Chisholm Ross uh, centre at Goulburn, the Southern Region Psych Centre uh, on recovery and and then uh, I left GPH and actually worked for uh, New South Wales Health, working out of the hospital, the Chisholm Ross Centre, uh, in a program called Hospital to Home which is now expanding all through New South Wales and that was effectively again partnering people out of the hospital back home and making sure that they some way connected in with the community or and health or you know, such as doctors and so forth, jobs, anything to help them uh, move on. Wow, awesome. So you've got quite a lot of experience in the field. So it wasn't hard for me and with NDIS coming, mm. NDIS then gave me the platform to do what I've been doing really for seven years and just continue doing it in the community as a sole trader. And I started that last August of last year. Fantastic. What are some of the most common issues your clients face? A lot of them, one of the main issues I think affecting mental health these days is the, is the lack of money, the poverty. That's one of the biggest issues, poverty and loneliness. Many people I work with have, 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 have had issues for many years and a lot of relationships drop off. They become isolated from their families. Mm. So the big issues is, yeah, the poverty and, and the, the loneliness, the lack of relationships. Yeah. And so that's attributed the poverty to their capacity to work? Yeah, yeah, and because a lot of them have had scattered careers, um, their CV doesn't always look really good. Yeah. And unfortunately with the new start that used to be, which is now I think job seeker, mm. that's poverty level, which yeah. just keeps them poor. And, um, and so they struggle. And of course, that doesn't help with their mindset, with their yeah. their issues. And you've have you found that a lot of workplaces don't have the required support in place to support people with mental health issues? No, not really. Um, they um, there's still a lot of bullying going on in the workplace, which uh, I've obviously seen. Actually, <coughs> I've had it done to me. But just getting people back into employment, a lot a lot of people have lost their confidence too. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of stigma is still attached to mental health mm. um, and, and they're embarrassed by it, which is a shame because mm. I think that's what holds a lot of people back. They don't aim high. They, they aim low to avoid disappointment a bit. Yes. And, uh, and there's self tragic. Self-confidence issues. Yeah, the self-confidence isn't there. What's one thing that your services did for a client that you didn't expect? I had a, a gentleman um, with quite a lot of issues and also a, addiction. Uh, issues and I had him enrolled in CIT doing a course and it was just amazing it just he just took off doing the course has given up many of his 
addictions through it because he found that doing CIT, it was too hard <laughs> to also <laughs> drink, smoke and yeah. everything else. So he gave up and, yeah, um, yeah it's been an amazing trip. I'm amazed yeah. uh, where he came from in that situation. Yeah. But over the years, there's been jobs, seeing people actually get jobs and, and maintain their jobs. Mm -hmm. That's been a wonderful thing. Yeah. So, yeah, there's probably a lot of stuff. But I think um, my my gentleman who's doing the CIT is, 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 is a great mentor to me, actually. Yeah, it's two-way street, yeah. Mm. And that's what the beauty is of peer-to-peer, that -peer. it's not just all one way. And that as a peer worker, we try and really distinguish ourselves away from <coughs> clinicians. Mm -hmm. If anything, peer workers aren't a big fan of, medic of the medical system. Um, mm. So that's why peer workers started to to um, expand. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably another thing, going back to your question, I'm so surprised mm. at how well it's now being taken on uh, or peer workers are being taken on. Yeah, yeah. And, um, that's been a surprising part of the business. Yeah, and I've, I've found, like with some professionals, just the way they say things that induce self-limiting beliefs on people with mental health conditions, but I can see in those people that it's completely wrong. Like, they sp spend such a short amount of time with these people, mm. they don't truly know them. They just, they might have caught them on a bad day or something, but... I can see there's potential working with someone in a longer term and getting to do something they're passionate about. So like your guy at CIT, he's obviously found something he's quite fond of doing. Mm. And I've seen this myself as well in my other business where they've got that intrinsic drive. And basically once you've got that intrinsic drive, nothing extrinsic will stop you. You will do whatever it takes. That's right. If yeah, if you, if they they talk about passion a lot, you know, find their passion. But it's more find find a way out of their environment. Yeah. That often the environment's got them in the hospital. You mm. know, poor housing, no money, um, isolated, and it's moving it's moving them into a new environment around them mm -hmm. so that builds their confidence. Yeah. Uh, one. But also they start to, again, that word flourish, mm. they start to know or again, the self-confidence comes and yeah. they're willing to have a go. Yeah. And, and I think, again, with peer workers, we get into their story. A lot of clinicians will always have that professional arm's length stuff going on. Yeah. And anybody with mental health issues knows that. It's not always authentic. Mm. With the peer workers, that's our big thing is you can only really be a peer worker if you have the lived experience and the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And that way we have some, not everywhere obviously, but some sort of empathy connection through that. Yeah. And I think they sense that with many peer workers, the, that we're more authentic. Yeah. That we've been there. Yeah, we've been there, done that, we mm. know what to do, and mm. we know that there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's still their story. Mm -hmm. But we're in, we've got our head in it. We're bought into it. So it does move. And a lot of medical clinicians would lecture me, don't be a friend. But as a peer worker, it's hard not to be. Mm. And I think that friendship is something, again, relationships, as I said, is probably numero uno, number one in recovery and mental health, is who's around you, how you're connecting with people. Yeah. But with a peer worker, that's our, yeah. that's our thing. Yeah. That's our tool. 
Yeah, well, we're a herd animal, so we're meant to be, we're meant to have relationships with others. We're not supposed to be uh, cooped up all alone. And a lot of people have seen this with COVID-19 and um, with all the mental health issues that have happened with the lockdowns and stuff. So that's mm. becoming more prevalent in the mainstream. And that's right. And, and mental health, although everybody talks about it and there's lots of money thrown at it, mm. in the end, there's not really much happening. Yeah. Because there's just not enough, um, there's not enough clinicians, there's not enough actual mental health workers. Mm. I know working out of community mental health in Queanbeyan and Goulburn, they were just overrun by people. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, trying to keep up mm -hmm. is really difficult, but yeah. And yeah, just like if you're in a crisis and trying to get into somewhere, there's just huge waiting lists and... Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, uh, we rang the access line for a lady a, w a while ago who was, who was showing suicidal ideation and they said, okay, we've noted it down now, you ring the ambulance. It's like, great. So that's the issue. There's a lot of talk around mental health, mm. but on the ground, when it really needs to happen, it doesn't always, you don't get the services. Mm. So what's your best tip for making the world a better place? Relationships, I suppose, building relationships. Mm -hmm. if, if people can reach out and um, have friendships and um, that will go a long way to stopping the, I think, pandemic, say, in loneliness these days. And this COVID has only added to that, this lockdown, this isolation. But I think if there was less loneliness in the world, it would be a better world. Mm. I don't think we would have as many mental health issues. Yeah. yeah, that's my big thing. And you can be with someone, but you can still feel lonely, can't you? Yeah, you can. And that's why it's important, you know, with groups, for example, NDIS, although the groups are a good way for people to connect because of like groups. Mm. They have the same sort of issues which they can share with each other. And I think NDIS could be a big thing there, connecting people up through groups. So what are you most excited about right now? Well, my excitement is this new service that I've started with my son, my 21-year-old son, and it's called Ignition. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, log the tag is Spark Your Passion. So, as I said, we're, we're, it's, it's peer support and coaching for high-functioning autism spectrum boys, <laughs> men, young men, young yeah. adults yeah. who love gaming and want to connect yeah. with people. And that's in the Canberra Queanbeyan area? Mm. Yeah, a lot of these boys sit at home playing games in their room and don't come out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found with, with people I've met over the years that, um, you know, they are lonely. A lot of people think that I oh, know they're quite happy about it, but mm. um, our, our our plan, which is already happening, is to bring these boys out into a into a nice atmosphere mm -hmm. and um, gather around a couple of TV screens and with Nintendo switches play games against each other. Awesome. So we have now had two sessions and um, we're now already at capacity. We wow. may, we're only doing a once a fortnight at the moment. Mm -hmm. But it looks like we're going to... If, if I put any more brochures out, I could be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with the restrictions. Well, yeah, I only put one brochure out and we're filled up. Wow. Um, because I know there's a need for these boys. Mm. They don't fit in a lot of programs around. Um, yeah. 
the, 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 an age where I think is really big because um, they're transitioning out of school into adulthood and mm. that 18 to 25-ish yeah. area age group is where they're reaching out because they've lost a lot of services once they lose school mm-hmm. and then it's really easy just because they don't go to school, just sit home in a room. Yep. But we're having, it's really exciting um, to see these boys gather around the, the, the screens and awesome. all of a sudden there's laughter and jokes and everything because they're in their, yeah. in their space. Yeah. So, um, and with that, we then encourage them to do exercise mm-hmm. where we have exercise physiologists and gyms. Mm-hmm. We encourage uh, volunteering from there to get them into volunteering programs, jobs, uh, employment. And also we uh, provide training or coaching to the parents because a lot of parents have, have, it's a tough, tough life. And we have that experience too, um, my wife and I, so that um, it's not just all, all just about the, the, the boy, the man, the young man. It's also the parents that have had, I know, an interesting trot, let's say, yep. for the years, mm-hmm. with education and all sorts of other issues. So that's a new... I think it's a relatively new item with NDIS training for carers. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the excitement awesome. that we're across the board, and and as I said, it's so popular. Mm. I'm worried about putting out 250 brochures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it which is a nice way to be for a small business. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, where can our listeners connect with you and Will online if they want to use your services? So we have a website, it's, it's called ignitionteam.com.au, I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N team, T-E-A-M.com.au. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks very much. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Incremental. Please hit the subscribe button so you can get notifications when our new episodes get released. If there's anything you'd like us to talk about on this podcast, please visit our website selfplus.plus and get in contact with us. Until next time, see you soon.